Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Michael Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Super Producer Brandon Newman, Isaiah in the Desert, my father, Mike Golick Sr., and Dad, if I seem distracted, it's because uh, the final night of the Taylor Swift Eras Tour is tonight, and I'm going, and it's really the only thing that matters in my life right now, so I hope you're ready to take the reins on this one. Wait a minute. The final night? I thought she was extending her tour. What's going on with that? Well, the final night of this leg of the era's tour, you've got the you know European leg of the tour that's coming up here soon after. Then she added some dates that are coming up next fall, so that won't be till fall of 2024, where she's going to some places like Indianapolis and Miami and on and on down the list. And so she got to build in some breaks in there, Dad. Despite what we have seen on this tour, I believe she still actually is human, which means at some point she's going to need to hibernate. And I want that for her just after tonight when I'm imagining we're going to get an absolute fastball of a show so two things one i heard another note about her we talked about the 55 million dollars she's giving out in bonuses to everybody basically associated with the tour uh your mother just read me another thing about her this and i guess she does it in every city she's been in she's donated to the um um uh, why am i a local food I bank drawing a blank local food bank and supposedly what she donated they didn't give a dollar amount of what she donated in San Francisco but they said it could feed 500,000 people a month for one year I mean it's she listen she's making a ton of money she's going to be a billionaire but she's doing a lot of good with the money as well so so that's number one good on her number two bad on you you're basically telling me within the first 10 seconds of the show today that you will be mailing it in tomorrow. Yeah, that's if you even show up. Yeah, oh no, I, I was going to say, I'm mailing it in today. Tomorrow, I am going to be in a heap on the ground, and you're going to have to just talk to the ashes that are sitting there. And so, uh, by the way, I just want it for note for anyone listening, tonight is the penultimate night 
of the tour. There is a show on Wednesday. I am sorry to freak out anyone who is going Wednesday on that. But yeah, Dad, you and Charlie <laughs> Wilder are going to have to make do tomorrow and figure this out somehow. Thankfully, today, we've got a great show for you guys. As always, download, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us that five-star rating. We are going to have South Carolina head football coach Shane Beamer join the show today. And Dad, this will be the first time that I've really gotten to talk to Shane since the 2021 Duke's Mayo Bowl, which he is actually going to reenact week one of this season. They are playing the exact team they played in that game in North Carolina week one at the Duke's Mayo kickoff classic in the exact stadium in Charlotte that he was doused in mayonnaise in. So I am wondering if there's going to be a little bit of PTSD for him. Well, will it be more PTSD for that or the fact that, you know, he played playing Georgia yet again, the third game of the season? I covered uh, when he got there two years ago, his first year at South Carolina, when I was calling the college games. Um, I did the game where, where South Carolina went to Georgia and, and it wasn't pretty. And, he, and listen, he knew it wasn't going to be. It was first year there. But they played him then again last year. Obviously, things didn't go all well that well because Georgia's the best team in the country. So... Yeah, that's it. Is will he think about the mayo getting you know poured on him, or the fact that he gets to play Georgia yet again? This one's at least a home game. It's going to be at South Carolina, but boy, oh boy, tough, tough road. He's I like him a lot. Son of, of Frank Beamer, uh, the great longtime coach at Virginia Tech. I think Shane's an excellent guy. I think he's an excellent young coach. I like what he's doing, and I hope he can build that program. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels a little bit like everyone's got to play Georgia in the SEC. You all got to go through Georgia and Alabama. Everybody kind of knows the drill there. And so for all programs, yeah, you want to go in and beat those guys. But different measuring sticks for everybody. And for him, you know, improving on their win total. They were two-win team before he got there. Seven wins in year one, eight wins in year two, bowling in both seasons. And so what does success look like for them in year three? They've got a quarterback who drives a G-Wagon now, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. And Spencer Rattler, all stuff we're excited to get to with him. But, uh, Dad, we are uh, on Hard Knocks Day. Happy to yeah. uh, all who observe here. The first night of Hard Knocks with the Jets is getting ready to go. And it just shows, Dad, how deep into training camp mode we already are right now. I saw the stat about the Hall of Fame game from the other night that did 6.3 million viewers, which surpassed the $5.4 million NBA playoff game average, despite having no Aaron Rodgers, no Deshaun Watson, or any other real discernible starters out onto the field. Dad, we are addicts. It is terrifying to watch what this country does in consuming this sport, but I am happy to have a few more sickos on board with me for something like the Hall of Fame game. I, I tell you what's even worse. Watching it is, is one thing. Betting on it is another. I mean, that amazes me. That game was what? The over-under was 33-and-a-half. It went over, and the Jets were a point-and-a-half favorite. How in the hell do you figure that stuff out with people you don't even know who they are playing the game? And it also brought me back to, to something that, you know, you and I never got to experience as really the first week of preseason gets going now. I think Thursday it's the start of Bryce Young's career in uh, in uh, Carolina, correct? Um, yep. As they're playing uh, New England on Thursday night, and we have a full slate. And then you hear about the people that aren't starting in these games. And I don't think you and I ever experienced going through preseason where, you know, it would have been what, what, how, the feeling of a coach walking up to you at practice or something and say, hey, uh, Golik, don't worry about this game. You're, you're, you're not playing in this game. You, you, get, you can chill out. <laughs> ne ne you yeah. and I never heard those words. <laughs> it, was, it was always amazing. I remember when I got to Pittsburgh um, as a rookie, Mike Tomlin used to call the really older veteran guys. And at that point, you had Brett Kiesel, Ryan Clark, obviously Ben Roethlisberger, Troy Palomalu all on that team that were getting towards the twilight of their career. And he would call them the leak squad, meaning they were leaking oil at that point. That was the running joke. Right. But to see them over on the sideline, just sitting on their helmets, enjoying a nice water, because they've earned it through Super Bowls and Pro Bowls right. and a, you know right. an incredibly fruitful career. While I'm over here sweating out everything that happens and reading into every possible rep during the course of practice it is nice to see what being good at football can earn you and that is one of the perks there you don't have to wait for that bone like everyone else of when training camp you're going to give you a day off you might get to go to some event go to a pool or something like that no 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 they just get it every couple of days because they are old and they are good people don't realize the because you listen they they follow the stars of their team but you know there's a 53-man roster and there's a back end 
you know, of that roster and the amount of angst that football players, really all athletes in any kind of a cut sport go through every single day. Just what you said, every rep, you analyze your rep, you analyze the rep of the person that you're really competing against for a roster spot. You're analyzing everything during practice, later at meetings, in film and practice. And that's for the majority of players, not for the minority of players that are treated the way, and, and, and I'm not saying anything against it. Those guys have earned no. that. And it, it's, it's just amazing the deep dive in. That's why I always love taking people inside where, where they're not going to be able to go and just just what goes on in a training camp or preseason locker room of guys that are trying to make a team, trying to do well enough in their game, in their 10 reps this weekend to try and get 12 reps or 15 reps the next game or more reps in practice. It is an absolute everyday battle to try and, and not, not get called to the coach's office uh, on that last day of cuts. Yeah, it's it's why Hard Knocks has been as successful as it has been for a long time. And it's been going on since 2001. So I'm realizing yeah. how many we've got under our belts. Dad, I know you're a little bit down on Hard Knocks going into this yeah. year. It's not been something you think is delivered lately. I have a top five list of Hard Knocks moments in honor of the first night of Hard Knocks with the Jets coming up tonight. Do you want to get back some of those good familiar feelings right now so you can go into this with a little better feeling? I can give you this top yeah. five right now. All right, give it to me. Go all right. on. All right, Dad. Number five on the top five Hard Knocks moments of all time. I want to go back to 2007. The Kansas City Chiefs were on Hard Knocks, and safety Bernard Pollard in the locker room twerking in front of his teammates, oh. dancing in front of the crowd. You've probably seen that video and forgotten it's yeah. been attributed to Hard yes. Knocks, but he gave him hell in that one. Number four on my list, and this is for Brandon Newman. William Hayes, the defensive lineman for the Los Angeles Rams in 2016 Hard Knocks, not believing in dinosaurs. They actually took him to a place to try and explain to him with the exhibits. He believes that archaeologists had just planted bones underground like parents hiding Easter eggs. Wasn't that the same one where Jared Goff didn't know where the sun set? Yes. What was was, was yeah. that the same one? Yeah. Okay, I remember that. The aptitude on the Rams' hard knocks was not strong. Not a good showing for the American education system. Number three <laughs> on my list, and this is one we can all appreciate, 2015 hard knocks with the Texans. Vince Wilfork showing up to walk through wearing a giant pair of overalls and cowboy boots. Yeah. Big man fashion took a big step forward today with a tractor trailer of a human setting the standard. That was awesome. That is such a large human being. And when you're that big and that good, you basically do what you want. And that's what he did. And you know what? I don't care how he looked in those overalls. I tell him to his face, he looked great. Uh, that was the best part is he walked out right behind then head coach Bill O'Brien. And Bill O'Brien, all he could do was look back and laugh because what are you going to say yeah. to Vince Wilfork other than, oh, that's a great look. Line up for the walkthrough and we'll get you in if yeah. you want to. Yeah. Number two and number one on this list, Dad, are very easy to see coming in my mind. They're the easy consensus. I built this from two back. Number two is the Rex Ryan 2010 hard knock speech. Let's go eat a bleeping snack at the end right. of their nighttime meeting when he dog cusses the team. And then number one goes all the way back to the original. Often imitated, never duplicated. The Ravens rookie talent show where you had the impression of Shannon Sharp from one of their rookies and then the impression of Ray Lewis pregame from one of their rookies here. One of the greater rookie shows I've ever seen and two hilarious impressions of two of the best players of all time. The Shannon Sharp impression was the best thing I've seen. And, and it's a great list, and I do, did, did forget some of those were on Hard Knocks. And that Ravens one was the first Hard Knocks. And what a great one to have coming off a of Super Bowl and the personalities they had on that. Reminded me if they had Hard Knocks when I was with Philly, all the personalities we had on that team. But without question, the, uh, the Shannon Sharp impersonation was the best thing I've seen. Uh, I mean, outside of the mid-90s White House Cowboys, I'd imagine your Eagles team on Hard Knocks would have been one of the all-time greats. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great. But everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? 
They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Dad, looking at the setup for actual training camp right now. We're getting far enough in. A bunch of teams are hitting the double-digit practice marker here. We're going to have, like you mentioned before with Bryce Young, the rest of the NFL making their preseason game debut here pretty soon. And so we're starting to get to the point where things are actually developing. What stuck out to you as far as the storyline you're either most concerned about or most intrigued by through the first week or so of training camp? Well, I mean, I, I think the guys that mean the most to their team in, in, in holdouts is we thought, oh, that's not going to last. You know, they'll eventually get in. Uh, even though, you know, Zach Martin and Chris Jones from the Chiefs are getting fine, Nick Bosa's fine, can get rescinded because he's still in his rookie contract. All unbelievably important pieces uh, to their puzzles. But, and, and all, let me, let me just say, all that don't need training camp. They could all step in on day one, but then there's always the worry of injury. So, and that's even, will they step in on day one? Will they be there? So, I, I'm starting to get, now preseason games haven't started yet, and... Zach Martin's already lost, what, about a half a million dollars in fines that he can't get back. But so to me, it's like which team is affected the most and which player could be affected the most by it. Because the one thing you worry about when a player holds out, like I said, these guys don't need training camp to be good at what they do. But where training camp can be important is getting your body ready for the hits and rigors of football. You can't do that on your own, training on a field by yourself of taking hits. So the thing I worry about, and I probably worry about Bosa the most because, listen, I've seen all three of these guys up close. Nick Bosa is one big muscle. That, that's what he is. He is a frighteningly, incredibly built young man. But, you know, muscles have a, have a tendency to pull or stretch or tear a little bit you know, if not properly used. And so that's a fear for me of all three of these guys is some sort of soft tissue injury if and when they finally come back. But with Nick Bosa, because he is so gripped with, and I always joked about this when I was at camp, I said, fat doesn't cramp. So I never worried about me cramping because I had enough fat on me. Nick Bosa doesn't. So all kidding aside, I worry about that soft tissue injury when it finally comes back. All right, sorry about that. We had a few technical difficulties working on here. Uh, we're efforting getting Dad back right now. This is the beauty of live show business. Um, as Dad was pointing out, though, uh, training camp holdouts that we have right now and trying to gauge. So he mentioned Chris Jones, Zach Martin, uh, and Nick Bosa out with San Francisco is who actually hurts more having their guy miss right now. It's interesting to try and measure this because of the place that each team is at and what each guy means. Like, you could argue while Nick Bosa, probably at this point in his career, based on age and production, the best of the three players and at the highest impact spot, right? Edge pass rusher, coming off his first contract, I think the most likely to get a deal done for what it's worth to. The Cowboys seem like they're going to play hardball with Zach. I think, Nick, they're going to get done. But you could argue the way that defense is operated in San Francisco, even though this year you're changing coordinators yet again, has the most depth along that position and has great guys at every level. Frank Warner, uh, Fred Warner at linebacker, the secondary there that could be able to cover that up here. With Chris Jones, you're basically on a defense where there's no depth at his position. There has really a, been a bunch of change. You've got a bunch of young guys in the secondary they had to change over last year. And so when I look at that, and unfortunately for my guy, Zach Martin, he's in the most interesting spot because, yes, he doesn't play as high impact a position at offensive guard, but this is a Cowboys team, Dad, that looks like it's stacking up to have one of their best shots in a while to impact this division as we're kind of ranking in order of importance 
who being out would affect their team the most, I actually think near the top of this list is probably Chris Jones, considering what he means to a defense that outside of him, I don't think has a bona fide playmaker in the same way that the 49ers do because of depth and that because of the position Zach plays might be able to be covered up by an offensive line that is quietly developed into a good unit around him once again after some rough years. Completely agree. Uh, again, I, I don't want to diminish Zach Martin's you know, contribution because he's one of five on that old line and he's going to be a walk-in Hall of Famer. Uh, but you can help along that line. Um, but when you're a Chris Jones or Nick Bosa, and I agree with you about the depth. Think about the depth San Francisco had back in the soup when they were a couple, few years ago before they traded DeForest Buckner to the Colts. Their depth was incredible. So now it's, it's not as good, but they still have depth. There's none in Kansas City. The one good thing is they can make up for it by scoring a lot of points on offense. But I agree, Chris Jones being missed on that defense of what he brings, not only just the devastation up the middle, which quarterbacks hate the most, but the fact then that he takes up so many blockers that others have a chance to make some plays on the other side. So while all three are important, uh, I, I agree. I think Chris Jones is the one that would be missed the most. And, and Mike, I don't know if Zach's getting his money. I mean, I, I don't know how that one is going to play out. And if he doesn't, is, is he going to continue to hold out or will he come in when the season starts? I do want to make abundantly clear because I made the mistake of answering honestly there for the moment and deviating from my normal role as the Zach Martin propaganda machine. He is the most important. You should absolutely pay him, <laughs> Dallas, and if you don't, you're going to rue this day. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Dad, uh, before we get to South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer, who we're excited to have on here, I enjoyed watching the collective sports media, internet, and linear properties rise up in defense of one of our own yesterday. Did you see the Kevin Brown fiasco for the Baltimore Orioles that was playing out? I am stunned at what happened because it's one of those where, because we've seen it before, when an announcer says something, and get suspended for it. And when it popped up, you saw his face. And then the explanation, Kevin Brown gets suspended by the Orioles, blah, 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 blah. So you hit play on that and you wait to hear what they said. And then you just go, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, in this day and age, I can see it. I listened to that and I'm like, okay, I must have missed it. And I played it again. I'm like, okay, I must have missed it. And I played it again. And I'm like, what the hell did he get suspended for? I mean, it was, he, he, and if he's the only one that got suspended, didn't the production team get suspended? Who made the graphic uh, that that yeah. put up the the fact that they were? Yeah, for anyone that didn't see it, Kevin Brown, who's the lead play-by-play -play for the Baltimore Orioles TV broadcast, and a guy I've gotten to do college football games with, did the open for their trip down to Tropicana to play uh, to play the Tampa Bay Rays. And he pointed out in that open, they had not won a series down there in multiple years. And this had been during the time where the Baltimore Orioles had been really bad at baseball. And I thought even in a graphic and in an open that was pointing out they hadn't been good for a long time, the point was an optimism that because the Orioles have been one of the best yes. teams in baseball this year, that they would be able to write that ship. And so like you, I'm waiting for the Nick Castellanos home run moment where, oh my God, he said something horrific or he said something that's a slur 
And instead, we just get a guy who did an actual compelling open that set the stage for the series very well and was apparently suspended for that reason. And Dad, watching the likes of Michael Kay and others, brothers in arms in his play-by-play business, stand up and point out what a joke this is. Like, I understand to an extent that broadcasts for the team are always going to skew a little bit different in how they look and sound because you're the home team's broadcast but that doesn't preclude you from actually doing the job and like you pointed out dad and you've spent years inside these trucks this is not one man acting alone this was not an isolated decision by kevin brown no this is that they have what they call production meetings when you talk about all this and then you make graphics and before you even go on air we've sat in these meetings like you go over the graphics and when you're going to use them And this was in the open. It was all factual, and it was all to show how much Baltimore has come along. I thought it was a great kind of timeline to say, man, we have not played well against these guys. We have not been good, and now look where we are, and we've done well against them this year, and we're playing better. This is stunning to me and just shows me that while the players are getting better on the field, that management and ownership can't get out of their own way. They cannot get out of their own way because they look – so foolish right now. And you mentioned it, Kevin Brown. Listen, some people know him. I know him. You've worked with him. Other people know him, certainly in the baseball realm as well. But now a lot more people know him and a lot more people are on his side. I did not see one, not one tweet, not one post that was like, oh yeah, he should have been suspended. This is all about how inept that Baltimore management and ownership has to be that they could listen to that minute that was spoken there and say, oh, we need to suspend this guy. I mean, you want to talk about putting a muzzle on people. That's the people you need to put a muzzle on so they can't get in their own way, which is exactly what they did. I'm going to say they're in first place in their division. You have had a resurgent <laughs> year. You've been a doormat and a laughingstock for so long. And this is now no fault of the players, no fault of the manager, no fault of anybody on that level who's been doing their job at a high level. But you got reminded why bad franchises usually stay bad for a long time. It's not to say that these things are connected, but how you do something is usually how you do everything. And if this is how you trip over and throw that fastball to your team, who now looks foolish by proximity with you, you yeah it's all just a big mess it's laughable but to your point kevin brown man enjoy that newfound job security oh yeah enjoy being one of the most you want to talk about a guy who had a glow up because you're right dad now everybody knows him and as michael k said yesterday man if you guys don't want kevin brown there will probably be 29 other teams that would gladly take him at this point because they understand what a pr win that that would be oh it's absolutely hilarious uh I really would pay to see what Kevin Brown's group chats looked like yesterday when this was going on. Because there's a point where everyone doesn't want to be the story that's going on on the internet, Dad. You wake up, you see your name trending, you think, oh, God, what could this possibly be? I had to think, one, he knew this was coming down the line, and two, once he saw that on everyone on his side, he went, this looks like a raise to me. All right, and you know what? Uh, Speaking of people who probably deserve a raise, let's get out to the line right now. We're very excited to welcome in a guy I hadn't seen in person since he was covered in mayonnaise back a couple of years ago. (laughs) South Carolina head football coach Shane Beamer joining us now. Coach, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Great being on with you guys. Love, uh, watched your dad for a long time, so great being on with you. And I don't think people give uh, you enough credit for that broadcast, eating uh, donuts with uh, mayonnaise on them as well. I don't, not enough people are talking about that, in my opinion. I'll tell you, Coach, uh, because I got tweeted at a lot. So what do you think of your son? I said, tear in my eye, proud moment. Donuts, <laughs> Oreo cookies, and mayonnaise. Couldn't be more proud of that direction uh, at all. And for you to get, you know, have, have the mayonnaise dumped the way you did on you, I mean, that that has to be and i i've done we've done a lot of things over the years when i had a show of getting something thrown at me or put on me but mayonnaise never crossed my mind that had to be an interesting moment yeah that was rough um it sounded like a great idea earlier in that month <laughs> they said the winning coach is gonna do it yeah sure whatever um but i can vividly remember with about four or five minutes left in the game when you know you're gonna win it popping in my head oh crap, I got to go do this mayonnaise <laughs> bath here at the end of the game. Uh, but that was a fun day. Money went to charity, but I'm not a huge mayonnaise guy, so uh, I much prefer the Gatorade. 
Coach, is your hand starting to shake a little bit? I mean, week one of this season, you guys open up. College game day is going to be there. It's a rematch against North Carolina in the same stadium. Are you starting to get the jitters a little bit? Yeah, there's great excitement. That'll be an awesome, uh, awesome environment. And Charlotte, being back in that same stadium that we were for the bowl game two years ago and going against a great opponent and a Hall of Fame coach in Mac Brown. So big challenge for our guys that we're excited about. And you guys have been around it long enough. I mean, there's – there's those first game, those first game jitters are definitely different than the game six jitters just because it's your first game. So you take those and you magnify it with the quality opponent and the environment. It'll be uh, it'll be awesome. But like I told our players, I mean, they, they've earned this opportunity because of the way they've played the last couple of seasons. And it'll be a uh, be an awesome night in Charlotte. So you get uh, your the same quarterback back in Spencer Rattler, new offensive coordinator in Dal Logan. So what? What, if anything, will be different about this offense? Yeah, I think, you know, it always starts with players. So we played pretty good offensively down the stretch last year. Spencer played great against Tennessee, played great against Clemson, played well against Notre Dame in the bowl game. And, and um, you know, so for us, it's continuing to uh, find ways to make him perform that way and help him be a better quarterback. Dallas coached NFL or coached quarterbacks in the NFL his entire career. So he'll help Spencer from that standpoint. And then, you know, we got a, a lot of returning personnel, but we got a lot of new personnel as well. Let's figure out what they do best. And, and uh, you know, we haven't, we haven't been consistent enough on offense the last two seasons. Uh, so we certainly need to be more consistent. There's no doubt about it. And, and that's what I'm looking to. So schematically, I don't think you'll see, you know, a ton of differences for us. It's more just, you know, how do we do a better job of getting our players to play uh, at a high level more often? And you mentioned that stretch down the end of last season with Spencer, you know, the Tennessee game, the, you know, the Clemson game. What do you think he found there? Was there something that, you know, messaging-wise you were telling him differently in those weeks or something that clicked with him? What do you think was the difference? Yeah, you know, st um, statistically leading up to that game, it probably wasn't what he wanted. But he had, as our starting quarterback, had done some great things throughout the season. Our first ever win over Texas A&M, uh, being nationally ranked for the first time in a while, uh, beating Kentucky and Lexington where they were ranked 13 or 14 in the country. So he had done some good things up, up until that point. Statistically, he'll be the first to tell you it wasn't great. And, you know, my message to him was just go have fun, man. Cut it loose and, and let it rip. And don't worry about making mistakes. I'm not taking you out of the game if you throw an interception. Um, just go have fun and turn it loose. And, and particularly going into that Tennessee game, um, you know, Tennessee played a lot of man coverage. And we told him that our receivers and tight ends, they were going to have a lot of one-on-one -on -one opportunities against against Tennessee this week. And just throw the ball up and give our guys an opportunity to go make plays and uh, give them a chance. And, and he did. He, uh, our receivers played great that night. Our tight ends played well. And, and then he just was able to carry that same confidence and, and swagger, you know, onto it. And, and he got better as the year went. I mean, yes, he's a he was an established quarterback coming from Oklahoma, but everything was new for him last year. New offense, new teammates, new coaching staff, new everything. And it uh, it takes time, but he's uh, he really took off at the end of last season and, and hasn't slowed down yet. Coach, what's it been like now seeing him roll up to the facility in the G-Wagon that we all saw online? Is it <laughs> Does he let you drive it? Has he tossed you the keys at all yet? How's that gone? He hasn't. We're in the middle of preseason camp, so there's uh, you know, guys coming in early and guys staying late, so I haven't spent a lot of time around it. But it's been a hot topic of discussion with, uh, with his teammates. There's no doubt about it. And proud of him that he has that opportunity, and he has, uh, he has certainly earned it. I can just see, like – Eight old linemen just loading themselves into that thing, you know, driving yeah. around. <laughs> that that's got to be something. So, so coach, this is your your third year, really starting to roll in. Obviously, some of your guys that you recruited to go along with the you know the transfer portal as well, where you picked up a tight end this year. What what are the expectations now in your third year? Yeah, I mean, there's um, there's higher expectations. Certainly, when when we took over in 2021, there really weren't expectations. I mean, year one, there were, you know, national media members that said the ceiling for the 2021 season was two wins, and uh, we won seven. And then last year, we came back and did a lot of great things. So we we embrace those expectations. I want to be at a place where there are high expectations as well. Uh, but we also need to understand, and our message has been since January, that 
we've done some really good things the last two years. We've improved the last two years. Uh, but there is so much that we need to do better. And let's just focus on, you know, um, the areas where we need to improve, really work hard on improving those. Uh, understand that the same people that, you know, are saying good things about us right now are the same ones that two years ago probably didn't think we were worth a thing. <laughs> And uh, none of that matters. Let's just worry about ourselves and, and go to work and try and be the very best team we can be. And, and every year is different, too. I mean, we got, I think it's 38 new players on our team when you talk, when you count incoming freshmen, transfers. Uh, so, I mean, a third of our team wasn't even here last year. So every year is starting over. But uh, because of the success we've had, you your players start to learn and understand better what you want, the foundation, the leadership, the culture, all that stuff. And and uh, we got a hardworking group of guys that I really enjoy being around each day. Yeah, I saw Trey Knox was one of the players lauding your guys' culture, talking about what you guys have, have built here in your time. And part of that's been through some big wins. You know, Spencer and what you guys did in the portal a couple of years ago was big offseason wins. You had some major recruiting wins, both in this last cycle and even in the last couple of weeks here. What in your mind has been the key or your key to recruiting now in this era where we've got NIL, the portal, and just a, a young athlete that, like we happen, have happened with every generation, sort of changes in what they need to see and hear from a program in order to say yes? Yeah, you know, for us, it's always going to start with, you know, selling to young men and their families the opportunity that you have here at Carolina from an academic standpoint, football standpoint, playing in the SEC, the best conference in America, and in my opinion, and, and, you know, there's just so many opportunities, but I think what's helped us and maybe set us apart is just, you know, the kind of people we are, we got a great group of people in, in our program and what you see is, is what you get. Um, you know, the words real, uh, the word genuine that comes up a lot when I talk to recruits and their families about the kind of people we are. And we, uh, it's not an easy program to be a part of. We coach you hard. It's demanding. It's a, you're held accountable, but, uh, we want our guys to have some fun and and uh, know what, and realize that they can come here and accomplish all of their goals. But it's certainly different in the you know transfer portal NIL era. I mean, you're getting asked questions now that you weren't getting asked two or three years ago. And uh, you know, but you want to make sure. To me, you want to recruit people that love football, and and that's always been important. But to me, it's more important than other guys that love to compete and guys that love love football. Um, let's get these guys in our program and, and uh, go be the best team we can be. So, Coach, overall, listen, you've been part of this game, not just your coaching, but your dad, uh, Frank, at Virginia Tech. You've been part of this college football for such a long time. As you sit back, and certainly not in your conference right now, it seems like Texas and Oklahoma, that movement happened 10 years ago, it seems like, with what's happening now. So as you kind of sit back and look at the landscape of college football, I, I would – what, I'm just wondering what your overall thought is in being part of college football for so long. Yeah, I try not to lose sight of all the great things going on. I mean, there's still nothing like a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday night in college stadiums across the country. Um, uh, so try not to lose sight of that. But then I'll be the first to admit, I mean, it's it's um, I'm a traditionalist, old school in so many ways, I think. And it's sad to see some of the things that – you know, have happened and are happening and things like that. And, and um, you know, if for me, each and every day, it's worry about what I can control and focus on. And, and that's the 120 awesome young men that I get to coach. Um, this, the gratefulness that I feel to be able to coach in this conference and, and coach in front of packed stadiums every single Saturday and all the great things about college football. And, and there's a lot of them. And there's certainly things that uh, we're transitioning is, to, is an understatement as far as what's going on in college athletics right now. And, and uh, you know, certainly want to continue to do what's best for college athletes, the colleges, the game of football. Uh, and let's make sure we don't get too far away from, from what people, you know, fell in love with also. Well, Coach, I, I, before you go, I just want to say we like you a lot, and we're, we're sorry it came at your expense, but the ability for Mike and I to sit next to Darius Rucker during that bowl game and talk <laughs> smack after Notre Dame won yeah. just superseded how much we like you. So sorry to you, but not sorry we got to talk smack to him. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, I know that when things were going well, knowing Darius like I do, the, the smack talk was Tom's 10, what y'all were giving him. Um, oh, God. We, uh, Has he been poking his head around the building there? Does he come in and bother you a lot? 
Not as much as I wish he would. He, uh, I invite him to. I send him our preseason schedule. Darius is very low-key and, and uh, doesn't want to bring a lot of attention to himself. But we had a great time. We played golf uh, about three weeks ago before we started up a preseason camp, myself and Darius and his son, Jack. And he has high expectations for the Gamecocks and the Dolphins. I know that. That is very, very true. Lumped in with the teams that can make Darius Rucker cry and maybe enough to get a song out of it. So, uh, Coach, we can't thank you enough for all your time. Uh, we're really looking forward to this upcoming season. Congratulations on all the success and good luck as we march toward week one here pretty soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for all you guys do for sports in general. You guys are awesome, and and uh, look forward to being on with you again soon. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Coach. Oh man, it's yeah. I, that that was the one thing I forgot until the very end is. Oh my yeah. God, that's right. He's probably got to deal with among other things. You're a head coach. You've got all these people asking for you and trying to go at your time. And when things go good or things go bad, blowing up your phone. And then there's Darius, who is you know a country music star and who you've probably grown up seeing your whole life. Who now all of a sudden's like, hey, listen, uh, how are we going to do against Georgia this year? Yeah, well, l luckily for Shane, Darius isn't around a lot because he's out touring. You know, so he's not not. Uh, can't bug him at practice a whole lot, but that was fun at the bowl game. And listen, I, I know you do. I do. I like Shane a lot. I knew his father for years, uh, Frank. Um, I mean, they're such a football family. I, I wish him well. And he's definitely, and he's right. Cause I, I was doing the college game a couple of years ago, his first year and the expectations were extremely low. Uh, and he superseded those and he's had two good years but now we know how it works, and he knows how it works. Hell, he's been part of this for a long time between him and his dad. He knows there has to continually be steps forward, and he gets some extra in the transfers he gets through the portal, which, as we talked about, Trey Knox being one of them, the tight end. After the bowl game, they didn't even have a tight end on a scholarship, and then they got him in the transfer portal. So let's see where year three takes Shane Beamer. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And he mentioned, you know, the, the real portion of it. I do think Shane, while he's not as young as some of the guys we're seeing, right, in, in you know, Kenny Dillingham or Marcus Freeman, is he's young enough and understands, hey, you got to really lean into it. And you see, like we've talked about with our alma mater, they're doing the parody videos. They're doing these things that are viral moments that show you, hey, you've got a coach who's young, who's energetic, who's going to be in the mix with you there. And I think as we go forward with all the changes that we talked about with him in college football and what it demands from you as a head coach, I do think there's a premium on having a young coach who is energetic and who understands what players need to see. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Dad, time to finish this off with this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off into your day. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Let us know more of what you want to hear. And, by the way, make sure you love up on the people that are loving up on us. That is our friends at Knock Around Sunglasses. They've been here since we turned the lights on in the building, and they are here to help you when the lights are on in the sky. I'm talking about the sun, y'all. Big bad. It's our enemy. But it doesn't have to be. Knock around the go-to for quality polarized sunglasses that aren't going to break the bank. Help you get right for the end of summer or training camp if you are like Shane Beamer out there coaching them up. Plus, they've got their new MLB collection. The first nine teams, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros. Plenty of great teams in there that you can get to. You also had the U.S. Women's National Team sunglasses. Get a head start on the Paris games here. Just because we had a setback here just means we're primed for a comeback. So don't be the person staring into the sun like an idiot getting sun in their sand and their high-priced sunglasses, head to knockaround.com, get great-looking polarized sunglasses starting at just $28. Dad, let's get to this and start it off. We had so much realignment news. We were a little burnt out yesterday. We got yeah. sort of the entrails of that, so we had the pack four that were left over after all the madness that's gone on, and it sounds like that could get to two pretty quick. As according to Pete Thamel over at ESPN, ACC leaders are set to begin exploratory discussions on the potential additions of, wait for it, Cal and Stanford 
to the Athletic Coast Conference, which if it seems crazy, it's because it is. Although, Dad, if it seems crazy to you at this point, you haven't been paying attention to the news because apparently Pan-American conferences are just what we do now in college sports. I mean, this is, and again, it would be, they would get a reduced share uh, over what the others in the conference are getting. We already know there's a battle there that FSU started about, uh, you know, it even, you know, giving more to certain schools that are doing better. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And right out of the gate, one ACC source says it's complicated. And the first line is there's a significant travel expense. <laughs> Listen, this is something we've talked about where the Olympic sports just get left kind of in the dust here, though maybe some think it's better than possibly having to go away if you don't have a conference to go to. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but man, the Olympic sports just aren't thought of a whole lot here. And oh, by the way, Cal and Stanford have an incredible amount of really, really good sports outside of football and basketball. They are, they are some really, really good sports in some of those Olympic sports that would be coming to the ACC as well. So let's see if that deal gets worked out. I mean, it's, it's just getting amazing with the movement that's going on, but it just seems mind-blowing that you're talking West Coast to East Coast. Forget football because we see that all the time. But for some of the other sports, it's going to be get really, really interesting. This is like full middle school dance mode, too, to see which teams kind of pair up and couple up, right? Colorado went their <laughs> own way. You had the thruple of the Arizona schools and Utah mixed in. Obviously, Oregon and Washington moved together. And then you had Wazoo, Oregon State, Cal and Stanford sitting around, and Cal and Stanford just looked at each other, and they're like, hey, you know, should we should we try and make this happen? Why not? It's like watching game shows or reality shows where you've got to pair up and form alliances, and now Washington State and Oregon State are left there holding the bag together. I want good things for them. I truly do. I hope they have dominant seasons coming up this yep. fall. That's about all I can say for them. Uh, Dad, let's get to that. This is a pretty cool uh, idea and moment. Acknowledgement of the inequities in the system we talk about in the NFL for minority coaching candidates who are trying to make their way, especially from the defensive side of the football. The Tennessee Titans and their head coach, Mike Vrabel, announced the other day that they're going to have their assistant head coach and D-line coach, Terrell Williams, handle the head coaching duties for the preseason opener this weekend coming up against the Chicago Bears. Dad, Coach Williams has been one of the best position coaches in the NFL over the last number of years. The Titans' D-line has been a thing that lifted them to the one seed a while back in the AFC and has kept them as consistent as they have been on a side of the ball that's usually hard to be consistent on year over year. And so they're going to give him a chance to go out and run meetings, do all of the media associated with this, and get good, one, reps at this, good experience, but also the exposure of having his name put out there like this and being in the spotlight. And again, a position where it's hard if you're a coach that's not on the offensive side of the football, it seems, right now, to get the kind of opportunities that your coaching counterparts that are both white and on the offensive side of the football can get. Oh, I think this is great. And again, he's a D-line coach. He's, he won't have those responsibilities. The uh, defensive assistant will take over that. And he's going to start all head coach responsibilities the day before the game on Friday. So this is a great move by Mike Vrabel. And, and listen, we've been talking about the inequities of the, the coaching and what's going on with the minorities and how ridiculous it's been in the NFL. Will this help? I, I, we don't know. But you know what? I think it's a great move to say, here you go. You have the reins. I'm not getting involved. You do you. You do it how you're going to do it. For those couple of days, it's your show. I think that that's such a great move by Vrabel to do, who's, who's a hell of a guy. Um, so I, I like this move. Maybe this will spur others to do this move as well, uh, to let, let coaches get out front and center for at least those few days and take those responsibilities as a head coach. It's just another way of putting them in the spotlight and not having to wait till, am I getting an interview? Is this interview just to, just to you know, suffice the Rooney rule? And I don't really have a chance at this. So, you know, I, I don't know what's going to help rectify what's going on in the NFL with this, but it, it's a move to help somebody get put in the spotlight, and, and I, I applaud it. 
Yeah, Dad, to your point, and you're right. Nothing changes until 31 owners and the uh, Packers right. yep. decide it's going to change. Like, ultimately, right. it still comes down to those people, but everyone else should still be doing everything they can to try and rectify this. And for Mike Vrabel, it's a good reminder from leadership that investing in the people that are working with and for you is almost always a good way to do business. And so going out and showing your assistance and the coaches under you, we're going to do everything we can to help you while you're helping us, to me, is another part of the reason why Mike Vrabel has been as successful as he's been during his time at Tennessee, especially in moments where no one thinks they have any earthly business being that successful. Uh, Dad, let's get to the third fallout from one of the many sets of punches thrown in this early portion of the week. The MLB uh, Major League Baseball announced that Tim Anderson would be suspended for six games and Jose Ramirez three games for their role in the White Sox Guardians brawl that remember Tim Anderson started and Jose Ramirez very very loudly finished. This is I mean you might as well just open a cut up on your arm and pour salt into it right? Because And you can see why Anderson got more because he's the one who took off his glove, threw it to the ground, threw his dukes up and said, let's go. This was, this was a hockey moment. This is exactly what you see in hockey. Drop the gloves, square off. You know, the ref steps out of the way. In this case, the same thing. Umpire steps out of the way and lets him go. And, and then they fight. And so Tim Anderson got the most suspension and got his ass whooped. I mean, you, 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 it couldn't have ended worse for him. He took one right on the button, didn't know where he was, wobbled when he got up. Major League Baseball looked at the entire situation and said, hey, yeah, you, dude who got smoked in the fight, you're gone for six. And the guy that smoked you in the fight, he's gone for three. Go ahead and enjoy that one. I mean, that is maybe, just maybe brutal. They- Maybe they knew he kind of needed some extra time to collect himself because it has gotten to the point where I kind of feel bad for like, listen, he asked for it and he got it. Yes. And yes. go back and look at that. Still, the more and more I watched it, he squared up and he looked like he knew what he was doing. We talked about Jose Ramirez. He's falling away. He's throwing blind. Dad, it reminds me of the saying we have over on the better side of the ball, which is sometimes bad defense beats good offense. You get a couple of guys doing something wrong and it breaks rules and gets to the right spot and you can win here. You had bad defense a guy wildly throwing haymakers while he's falling back that beat a man who looked like he absolutely knew what to do with his hands listen this is the classic and my dad used to say this to us all the time about don't get in fights but if somebody else starts it you finish it tim anderson started it threw his glove down put his dukes up jose ramirez blindly threw the haymaker and he finished it and ta got himself six games for it We finished this podcast. If you enjoyed it, download, subscribe, rate, review. Free Kevin Brown. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go, go. Boom. Money in the bank.